stand and celebrate your freedom in Jesus Christ. You know, there's a sound to everything. There's a sound to the 4th of July, right? Firecrackers and rockets and all of those good things, fun things. There's a sound also to your spiritual freedom. Amen. And that freedom in Jesus Christ is a sound of praise. Amen. Do you know that there is a reoccurrence of a theme throughout the Word of God that says this? Praise always precedes freedom. Praise precedes your freedom. Many have been taught, uh, and, and I, I say that not saying it as knowing all, but many, I believe, have been taught uh, wrong about praise and worship. They think that praise and worship is about a response to God's presence. But I would submit to you today that praise and worship is an invitation for His presence to come. I don't have to feel anything to praise God because He's worthy. It's not about my feelings. My feelings is the overflow of Him coming, the response to Him coming. But my praise is because He's worthy if I feel Him or not. He is worthy of my worship. He's worthy of my voice. He is worthy of my dance. He is worthy of the clapping of my hands. He is worthy of whatever I can give Him. It'll never be too much. Can you say amen? amen. And so... We, we begin to praise God and as a result of creating an atmosphere with our worship, God inhabits the praise of his people. And so that's the reason we have praise and worship at the beginning of the service, right? That's the reason why that, that, that we have to come into this place and, and, and people have gone through all kinds of different things all week long. Some have had trouble at work and some have had trouble at home and some have had difficulty in their marriage and others have had trouble with their children. And, 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 and how many know life is just crazy? It'll show up on you. It'll work on you. It, some people here today may have had their worst week you have ever had. Other people may have had the best week you have had in months. But we all come together in here and we begin to worship God together. And as we begin to worship God together, it begins to create an atmosphere where that no matter what you have been through or going through, you get in the presence of God and in the presence of God there is fullness of joy in the presence of God there are answers in the presence of God there are solutions come on somebody in the presence of God he will guide you and direct you into places and through things that you didn't know how to get through but because you chose to worship him anyhow he will begin to work on your behalf amen and so we praise God strong to invite God to meet us and to do what only he can do. To, to let the devil know that even on our worst day, we are stronger than he is. Amen. To break off of us everything the enemy has tried to put on us this week. Amen. Whether that would be doubt, 
be fear, sickness, lack, frustration, spirit of heaviness. All of this comes off of us when we begin to praise and worship God. I've told you over and over, but it is so true. I've never seen a depressed worshiper. You can be depressed, but if you can push through that thing and begin to lift up the name of Jesus, it creates an atmosphere that shifts everything in your life. Glory to God. Amen. And so today we're going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. Put on the garment of praise. It's a choice. I've got to choose to take off the spirit of heaviness so that I can put on the garment of praise because I can't wear both coats at the same time. Amen. I've got to choose to take off the heavy coat and say, yes, there's been trouble. Yes, there's difficulty. Yes, there are circumstances I don't understand. And there's a heaviness on my life. But I choose today to take that yoke off and to put on a garment of praise. And as I begin to praise him, it begins to, be, it begins to magnify Jesus. And when I begin to magnify Jesus and put the light on him... Everything else in my life begins to pale in comparison to his goodness in my life. Because it doesn't matter what I go through, he is good. And he has been good to me. Amen. I said he has been good to me. And so I can praise him. We've all been called to praise and worship God. All of us have. We have appointed Sister Amy as the lead worship leader, right? But she isn't just the only one that worships. The team is not the only one that worships. It's the only thing that I'm concerned about in the format of praise and worship is that, that we got people that get on the stage and, and we think that people on the stage are doing the worshiping for us. But, but you got to open your mouth. You've got to praise him for yourself. Amen. And so whenever we begin to look into saying who and, and people say, well, who uh, is the worship leader at your church? I don't tell them that Amy is. I tell them I am. Amen. Because I'm the head of this house. That's where God has placed me, right? Right? And so I'm going to set the atmosphere. If I come in here, look like a brush with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar, it'll get on you. But if I can push through that thing and lift up a holy hand without wrath and without doubt and give God some glory and some praise, it'll get on you too. Amen. And so, uh, and, and so it goes beyond that. It's not just me. It's not just Sister Amy. But I, I'm going to appoint you today as the worship leader of your row. If nobody else can worship on your row, you worship God. If it doesn't look like they're too happy about being here, just go ahead and do double and give God some praise and glory and say, I'm going to create an atmosphere on my row to give God glory and give him praise and honor that's due his name. Amen. Well, let's look at this this morning, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It's a very familiar scripture. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light amen notice with me this morning he said I called you out of darkness and brought you into the light God will never call you out of something without a, a desire or a place to put you into something. He doesn't just take you out of sin. He doesn't just take you out of bondage to leave you in Egypt. But he takes you out of sin. He takes you out of bondage. He takes you out of sickness so that he can bring you in to salvation. So he can bring you into deliverance. So he can bring you into divine health, right? And he said, I've called you out of darkness to bring you into light. That word called there in the Greek means to invite or to call by name. So God is saying, I'm inviting you to come out of your darkness and come out of your bondage, come out of your struggle. I'm inviting you to come out of that darkness and I'm inviting you to come into the light. And when you do, you will learn how to praise me. When I think about the God of the universe calling me, little old me, insignificant me, Brian Matthews, when the God of the universe calls me by my name, wow. That's powerful. It does something to you. It'll cause you to stand at attention. I remember when I was playing football, I'd always thought I would given it my best. But whenever I would hear that coach holler my name, say, Matthews, get that ball. Tackling. I'd find an extra source of energy on the inside of me just to push a little harder. Don't you know that's the way it is with the God of the universe whenever he calls out your name? You may feel like you're giving it your all. You may feel like that you're doing the best that you can. But when he calls you by your name, he said, when, he said behold, I, he said, I have called you by your name and you are mine. He said, whenever you go through the waters, they'll not overflow you. When you go through the fire, it'll not kindle upon you. But he said, I am the Lord your God. And he said, I am going to bring you out into a wealthy place. Glory to God. He knows us by name. I said, he knows us by name. The government knows you by a number. People know you because of your workplace. They know you for a job that you do. But the God of the universe knows you personally. He knows your name. And he calls you by your personal name and invites you, gives you a personal invitation. Amen? How many has ever got generic invitations? It's just open to everybody. It's a smorgasbord. Everybody's invited to this thing or that thing. But whenever you get a personal invitation that it's, wow, they thought about me. Wow, I get to go to something special, significant that everybody's not. But God is calling us individually today, personally today, saying, I'm, I'm, I, yes, I want everybody, but I specifically want you. I've told you his grace 
grace and his love is so great that he can love all of us and show us grace to all of us like we're the only child on the planet. Amen. He never runs out of grace. He never runs out of love. He never runs out of mercy. And he is calling us all personally today like we're the only ones getting the invitation. And he's saying, I want you to praise me. He doesn't just say, okay, everyone praise me, but he calls us by my name. Why is that so special? Because nobody is the same. There's no two thumbprints that are the same. There's no two people that are the same. And there's no two people that can praise the same. No one on this earth can praise God like you. No one can praise for you. I can't bring a Jordan praise. I can't bring a Chris praise. I can only bring my praise. Because even though that I may know them quite well, I don't know how personal God has been in their life and what he has done for them. And so me not being able to understand completely how that God has worked in their life, I could never praise God on their behalf like they can for themselves. And so it is true with me. You can bring God praise for things he has done in your life that, that, that he didn't do for somebody else. I can bring God praise for things that he'd done for me that he hasn't done for you. And you can bring God a praise for something he's done specifically in your life that he hasn't done for me. And so God says, I'm not going to call you generically or just corporately to praise me, but I'm going to even in corporate settings call you to praise me individually for what I have done for you. Amen. He said, I'm going, to you, I'm going to call you to praise me and to worship me. And I want you to bring me an Amy praise. I want you to bring me a Jordan praise. I want you to bring me a Michaela praise. He is calling us to praise him because he's worthy of our praise. Amen. Others can't understand your praise. They, they haven't been through what you are going through. And even if they've gone through the same circumstances they haven't gone through it like you're going through it huh but the reality of it is this that that whenever God brings you through those things then it is a good uh, order it is proper for you to thank him for what he's done in your life because if it had not been for the Lord on your side, your enemies would have sure enough already devoured you. If you were devourable, you would have already been devoured. But it's the goodness of God. It is his love. It is his mercy. It is his grace that has kept us and brought us through. Amen. But God is calling you to praise him. He, he brought you through cancer. You ought to give him some kind of praise if he's delivered you out of a horrible pit the spirit of depression and heaviness upon you ought to give him some kind of worship if he's ever give you a job and provided for your family you ought to throw a hand in the air and give him some kind of 
praise and thank him because he's on your side. Hallelujah. I believe we ought to praise him right here in this place. Give him 10 seconds of praise here this morning. Hallelujah. This is my personal praise, my personal praise. I can't praise for you, you can't praise for me. I can't get upset whenever you are praising God because of, of what he has done for you. And you can't get upset with me over my praise and make it uncomfortable for you. Because you don't know the pain that I've been through to produce the praise that I have. And I don't know the pain that you've been through to praise God the way that you do. All I know is this, that whenever it comes down to the nitty gritty, whenever it comes down to, to, to having somebody get in the foxhole with you, I want somebody that knows how to praise God. Amen. I know it may not look like I pay attention, but I pay attention. And I sure enough ain't gonna get a hold of somebody that can't praise God. <laughs> Amen. I don't need somebody I need to drag around whenever I'm in trouble, whenever situations are rising. I need somebody I know that knows how to praise God. I need to have somebody that I know that as I went in, into the, to, to, the, uh, to the judge's hall to, and their a son was convicted of murder and he would have a life sentence plus one day and see that woman come to church on a Wednesday night with tears streaming down her face lifting holy hands to, she didn't lay out she didn't say I gotta get over this she was in the house of the Lord praising God saying God I know that these things are difficult and hard but I know that you that's the kind of person that I want on my side that's the kind of person that I want lifting up I uh, whenever we've lose loved ones and 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 people say well I just got to get over it I don't know but you see the church house isn't the place to run from it's the place to run to whenever you've got hurt when you've got pain when you've got difficulty when you don't understand and you don't comprehend there's no place like the house of God to get in the household of the family of God and lift up hands without wrath and doubt and say I don't understand but you're still good and you're still God and you're still glorious and you're still worthy of my praise amen because I don't always praise God because I feel it I don't always praise God because everything is going my way sometimes I praise God because I need him to show up I need him to move on my behalf. <laughs> my praise and my, the depths of my soul begins to cry out and worship him and give him praise and glory. Isn't because all the bills are paid and everything is going my way, but the greatest praise that you'll ever give him, Job, is whenever you don't have the answers, when the bills aren't paid and when the boils are on your arms and all of your children have been slain and you can lift up a voice and say, though he slay me yet will I trust him that's the kind of praise that God inhabits that's the kind of praise that God is looking for and he's worthy of that kind of praise your praise is your story everybody has a story amen and your praise has your story attached to it 
And so as you praise God and as you worship God, it begins to tell your story. It has what you've been through all in it. And when we move into our position of worship, God moves into his position of mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And we, he died for all, that those who live should no, live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Our worship must be a lifestyle. Worship is not what I do for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. When you worship him, you can worship him anywhere. Amen. You worship him in your car. You can worship him in your house. You can worship him walking down the road. You can worship him walking through Walmart. Amen. You can worship him wherever you are. T.L. Lowry was a great man of God in the church of God and, and uh, he was walking through the airport in Atlanta one day and if you knew Dr. Lowry, he was all the time praying in the Holy Ghost. And he was walking through the Atlanta airport one day and he was praying in the Holy Ghost. He was going to preach a meeting somewhere and uh, one of them said, uh, he said he heard these guys behind him saying, but he looks American, but he's talking in some language, said, wonder where he's from. And he, you'd have to know Dr. Lowry, he had that deep, nasty voice. He said, I turned around and told him, I'm from another world. <laughs> Amen. We don't have to fit in, right? We can know that God is good and we can worship him wherever we are. I tell you today that it won't hurt a thing for us to worship God. I want there to be a greater manifestation of his presence in my life. And whenever those we worship is those for those who are hungry for his presence. And when you come to realize that you cannot live without him. When you come to realize that you've got to have a greater manifestation of God's presence in your life before you ever have anything else, it is in that place that you begin to cry out for Him and to worship Him in every situation of your life. And Paul writes this letter to the church of Corinth and he says, if, you're if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. But he said, if you are of sound mind, or in other words, if you can understand what's going on, he said, then you're doing it for you. Wow. So the thought came to me, how much of it is for God? <laughs> and how much is it for ourselves? Have we worshiped until we worship not understanding? Do we leave that place of comprehension or leave that place of understanding and go into the realm of the spirit where that we are worshiping not for ourselves but worshiping unto God? 
Amen. Understand that Paul is speaking to the church here that has been divided. They are judgmental. They are critical. They are, have no unity. They had lost sight of the purpose for which they were created. And their city needed them desperately to be unified. They, they had become small, they had become petty-minded, and Paul knew the power of real praise and worship. Not just a good song service, not just a tight band, not just good singing, but real praise and worship takes you into a place of unity. We come in here today from all different backgrounds, all different places and things and issues and emotions and, and, and things taking uh, uh, their toll upon our life. We, we all come in here together, but when we start worshiping God, suddenly our focus changes from our circumstances and we put the light on Jesus and everybody begins to focus on Him the author and the finisher of our faith. What I'm saying to you today is, is when we came in here, we came in individually. But when we began to worship Him, we created a spirit of unity that caused us to become one. One hearted, one mind, one spirit, where that it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's all about Him. And giving Him the glory and giving Him the praise. And when we start worshiping Him, uh, people will come together in worship. And when we come together, Together in worship we all will come together in general when you start worshiping God the critical spirits got to leave you can't worship God and be critical of your neighbor amen whenever you begin to praise God you stop judging every song well they sang that four times already the only reason you notice that's because you aren't worshiping. Amen. But if your heart ever got lifted up and looked to the author and the finisher, if you've seen him on his throne and you begin to serenade heaven, you wouldn't give a care if they sung it one time or a hundred times. You would just give him the praise. It's glory and honor to his name. So it doesn't matter how many sentences or how many uh, words are in it. It's just, it may just be holy, holy, holy. Amen. You know how long the angels been singing that song? And it hasn't got old? Huh? And they haven't changed it up. They've wrote a lot of songs on the earth about the goodness of God, but it hasn't changed the song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. They're not on recording. They're not just saying it out of repetition. But when they look upon Him who sits upon the throne, they see another facet of Him that they have never seen before. And they cry, Holy. And they look at Him again and they cry, Holy. And they look at Him again and they cry, Holy. I challenge you today, if your worship gets old, look at Him again. Because He's not just your Savior, but He's your Deliverer. He's not just a Deliverer, but He's a Healer. 
He's a bondage breaker. He's a hope giver. He's a joy filler. And when you look at him and see the glory and the goodness of God, you won't ever get tired of saying, Holy, 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 Holy Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. Hallelujah. Real worship. Say real worship. Real worship heals the atmosphere. And that's what we must have. We must have real worship because we must have an atmosphere where healing takes place. Where anything can happen. Amen. An atmosphere where a drug addict can come and be set free. An atmosphere where a cancer patient can see cancer dry up. A marriage be put back together. True worship will cause us to forget what divides us and focus on what unites us. So we must come together because this region needs us. And there's lost people in this world that we must win. Paul says, when you act <laughs> Paul says, when you act normal, you're acting with people in mind. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to go after God with passion because we care more about the opinions of people than we do the heart of God. So we want to reserve our real worship for private times. We can't worship in public because we don't worship in private. But when you practice in private, you can praise him in public. God's presence will fill our hearts whenever we begin to worship him. But you know, I, I, I've, I've tried to, to maneuver through these, these 38 years of ministry and, and it seems to me that it gets... Is it all right to be real? It seems to me it gets a little crazier every day. And uh, this, I, I, I long for some things, and I'll not go into all of that, but I long for some things that, that I've seen in days past to return to the house of God. And I believe that there is a, as I've told you, I believe there is a repositioning of the body of Christ. God's about to do some things in the earth in this last day church because he's promised it and he will have a church in this last day. But I'm saying today that I'm looking forward to the day whenever we don't worry about rocking the boat because some, some boats need to get rocked. Amen. Some people are so bound up by the devil, they got to have a good Holy Ghost slap to get them loose. Amen. They need something to shake that thing, break that thing off of them. And us just being cute and nice little worship, that ain't going to get it done. Somebody's got to get a hold of the atmosphere of heaven and pull it into the earth. And the only way that it tells us to do that is to praise and worship God. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And so we've got to lose ourselves and not be worried about the expectations of people. And we've got to begin to praise God for God. He said, if we're by, 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 beside ourselves, then we're for God. Beside ourselves in the Greek means extreme. 
How long has it been since you've seen anybody extreme in their worship? Whenever I was growing up, I'd hear terms like wildfire. Anybody remember that? Wildfire. Got to be careful of that wildfire. Somebody told me that. I got sick of it. I was just a young preacher, but I got sick of hearing it. And the wildfire. I said, well, I said, this is one thing I know. I said, it's easier to tame a bucking horse than it is the resurrected dead one. Amen. If somebody's getting out there too far, you can corral them in. You can give them correction and direction. But I, we don't have to worry about that right now. We got some horses to resurrect. <laughs> uh, come on. We got to get Tonto back up. <laughs> get him going again. We gotta, we, are you hearing me? We've got to worship God. But he says to, to be, get beside yourself means to be extreme or extravagant. Amen. He's telling them that if you see me and it looks extreme, if I'm dancing too much, if I'm shouting too loud, if I'm beside myself, that I'm not praising for you. I'm praising him, the one who is worthy. I'm praising him. I, I don't have to have, to have anything to, to do with, with what's going on around me to be going good for me to worship a good God. It's a matter of fact, I can be going through the darkest things of life and still give him praise because I didn't come today to check you out. I'm glad you're here. I, I love you and I appreciate you. But I didn't come to check you out. I come to give God the praise. I said he is worthy of my time, my talent, my energy. And so I made a decision to get up and come into the house of the Lord and worship his name and bless him. And what you do during praise and worship is not for people. It's it's for God and he receives the praise he receives the glory and he receives the honor when we praise him and worship God it unites us we become focused and centered on him he gets our attention when God's people worship him in unity strongholds are broken bondages are broken but it isn't until there is praise and unity, it always precedes freedom. I don't know about you today, but I'm not Lee Greenwood, but I'm still glad to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave this right to me. Amen. And all of this stupidity, and I wish I could have a better word for you, but it is all of this stupidity that's going on in our nation today. All they need to do is get them a one-way ticket to another nation. And I tell you, it won't take a week or so, and they'll be wanting to come back and kiss the ground that America is. Amen. We're still the greatest. Do we have problems? Yes. Do we have difficulties? Yes. But I'm glad today on this 4th of July that I'm still in a land of freedom where that I can celebrate God. Aren't you? Amen. Whenever we have unity, strongholds will be broken. There's a whole nation 
in the scripture who is dealing with strongholds. The Bible said the walls were so thick that the, the thought of the day was that they could not be penetrated. In fact, they were so thick that two chariots could run side by side on top of them and run all the way around the city. And it was believed that nobody would ever be able to penetrate the city. And they were right until God's people began to come into unity. But when they began to come into unity and they marched around that city seven days, one time, right? Are you walking with me? I'm about to land this plane, so just come on and help me. Because <laughs> the slower I have to go, the longer we're going to be here. <laughs> but they was, could not penetrate the walls of the city until they came together. But for seven days, they marched around that city, right? Not saying anything. Not doing anything, just marching around the city one time, seven, six days. On the seventh day, they're in a unity. They're in one mind. They're in one accord. They're unified in their desire to worship God. And the Bible says they marched around the seventh time. And they, the, the, the priest gave a blast with the ram's horn. And there was a great shout that went up. And when the shout went up, they began to cause freedom to come to them because the walls came down amen and whenever it looks like that you're in an up against an obstacle in your life that is an insurmountable wall that you can never get through if you will just have the holy boldness to give God some praise begin to worship him and bless his name and thank him it was took to seven days but they began to get into oneness of mind and oneness of heart what could we not do if we came into a spirit of unity and said God it's not about us it's about you and we want to come against these walls of limitations in our life and we want to see them come down hallelujah Paul and Silas, they didn't, didn't have a favorable situation an atmosphere they didn't have an atmosphere that was favorable for worship right they didn't have the air conditioned just right, padded pews. They didn't have the best singers. They didn't have the mu music just right. In fact, they were sitting in a sewer. If you'll allow me to imagine a little bit, rats were probably running around. It was a stinky situation. But not only was it a stinky situation, but they're, they're, they was also subject to infection. Because they had been beaten. Huh? They had been beaten. And their backs had been beaten. And they had been put through the torture. And now they were in stocks and they were in chains. And they were put into that inner prison. And that dungeon if you will. And it was there in that place that they came into unity. I don't know which one it was. It may have been Paul. It may have been Silas. But one looked at the other and said, why don't we just go ahead and praise God right here? 
how they was facing death in the morning but while they were still alive they came into unity and said we're going to praise God for this night we're going to worship him for now and they began to praise him and as they began to praise him they found personal freedom but not only did they find freedom it freed everybody that was around them can I tell you today that whenever you get free you have the power to set other people free it'll get on somebody else and they'll begin to experience the same goodness the same glory the same power that sets you free why because they begin to praise God when you worship God you create an atmosphere that will cause the power of God to be released Saul was crazy man he didn't have an ounce of God on his side but he got into the the anointing where they were prophesying and the Bible said the spirit of prophecy came on Saul and he began what are you saying pastor I'm telling you that whenever we begin to worship God it creates an atmosphere for the glory of God to get on other people and set them free from the stocks and the chains and the bondage in their own life the Hebrew boys came into unity didn't they They were in unity whenever they were in trouble. The old king came out there, they found them. They said, they're not worshiping idol gods. Huh? I would that we'd have, that God would help me to be like that today. When it appears that everyone else in the nation's going crazy, God help me to keep my feet planted. Help me, God, to keep on being a voice in the wilderness, crying in the desert. They said, We're not going to bow down to your idol gods. You can do what you want to do. I mean, no, it's easy to worship God in an atmosphere like this. But whenever it's uncomfortable, they're saying to you, we're going to go and kill you. But they say, we ain't going to bow. And they begin to worship God. And even though they knew that it could be the last time they worshiped, it didn't stop their worship. And they took him and threw him into the fiery furnace. They said, we don't know if he will. But we know he can. We know he will. But if he doesn't, we're still going to praise him. That kind of praise brought them through the fire. Amen. Not did it, did it not just bring them through the fire, but it brought them through the fire without the smell of what they had been through getting on them. You know, some people get out, but they got the smell all over them. You know what I'm talking about? They got through the thing, but they're still mad about it. <laughs> they got through the thing, but they're still bitter in their heart. They got through the thing, but they don't understand that, that I need to thank God for what he brought me through. And, 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 and the bitterness, the pain, the anger, the turmoil, it just the smell stays on them. 
But whenever they worship God and praise God, it brought them through the thing without the smell even getting on them. Nobody ever knew they'd been through the fire. Have you seen God bring people through things and if you didn't know their story, you would say they'd never been through nothing like that. But oh, how good God has been to them that nobody even smells what they've been through. Glory to God. I'm telling you, he's a good God. He can bring you through the trouble. He can bring you through the fire. He can bring you through the difficulty of your life and the smell don't have to get on you, glory. He can bring you through in such a way that when you get through the fire, all they can smell is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. All they can see is the bright and the morning star because he has revealed himself unto them. When Moses prepared his worship on top of the mountain, he took his Isaac and lays him on the altar. And it was in that place of preparation, it was in that place prepared for worship that God showed up with a ram. And when we come and bring our praise and our worship, he's still going to show up. I said he's still going to show up. He'll show up strong. He'll show up mighty. He, he will do what he said he would do. But we've just got to make our way up the mountain, right? It's never easy climbing a mountain. I don't care if it's a road up through there or what it is. It's always difficult going up the mountain. But when you get to the top of the mountain, it's always rewarding because the vision is so much better. You can see so much clearer and you can see so much further. And I want to say to you today that maybe climbing the mountain, it may seem like that, that you'll never get there. But I want to tell you today the climb's going to be worth it. Because when you get to the place and prepare your altar, prepare your sacrifice, prepare your praise and you release it unto God, He's going to give you that that you desire in your life. He's going to show himself. People you see have the gall to sit around and judge another person's praise while they themselves never praise God anywhere or anything. But I'm here today to tell you don't worry about the expectations of people. Give God your best praise all the time. Amen. In conjunction with this, this scripture, and, and then we're going, we're, I'm going to be done. We're going to land this plane. We need to praise God until we lose our mind. But I don't know if that would be good or not, Pastor. It will. It will. Just praise him till you lose your mind what are you saying i'm not saying you know this well wildfire just in the flesh you know you've heard all that stuff haven't you somebody say well they're just in the flesh i know what they're saying but you just gotta know my sense of humor i'd say i hate to see somebody that wasn't in the flesh worshiping god you'll get that on the way home <laughs> it might scare me to death <laughs> They didn't have no flesh in their worship. Okay? You'll get it. You'll get it. Amen. But how many know that God inhabits the praises of his people? 
And we got to worship him till we lose our mind. What I mean by that is forget about everyone else and everything else. Forget about the circumstances. And so focus on him, the author and the finisher of our faith, that we give him our whole heart. We give him our whole attention. The problem with most people is they haven't lost their minds yet. We haven't praised him until we focus in on him and lose our mind. Because sometimes my mind says I'm sick and I'm going to die. Sometimes my marriage says that it's not going to make it. Sometimes my, kids, my mind says my kids will never serve God. But God, let me have the mind of God. Because the mind of God says, by my stripes, you were healed. Let me have the mind of God because he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my goal for me to lose my mind so that I can get the mind of Christ. And he invites us to do that, doesn't he? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's our brokenness on earth that creates an openness in the heavens. And whenever we will humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and be broken in his presence, it will open the heavens and we will see the goodness of God released into our lives. And that's what I want. I said, that's what I want. Praise precedes freedom. If I can praise him, even in the, with the circumstance, with the situation, if I can praise him, He's going to bring me through it. He's going to give me victory. But I've got to overcome my feelings, my emotions, the expectations of people. And I've got to give him praise. And when I do, freedom is going to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.